The poor people of Loreto in Baja California have been hit hard by the COVID-19 virus shutdown, and they need food. Friendship with God is delivering food directly to their homes. Go to www.friendshipwithgod.org and look for the Loreto Need banner to donate or call 619-599-1104. God bless you. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Each person washed their own robe. Each person made their own robe white. When that person made their own decision, to put their trust in the blood of the Lord Jesus, just like it says, we've been seeing in Romans 3.25, Romans 3.25, through faith in his blood. That's how they made their robes white. That's how they washed their robes when they, Romans 3.25, put their faith in his blood. Each person put his faith in the blood of the Lord Jesus, and that's when they washed their robes and made it white in the blood of the Lord. That's when each person, through his individual faith, his individual decision to put his confidence, his reliance in the blood of the Lord Jesus to accomplish everything we just talked about, to, to accomplish for that person individually the removal of my sins, my personal redemption, the covering of my sins, atonement, my reconciliation to God, my peace with God, my justification. When that happened, they made their robes white and they washed them in the blood of the Lamb. God does not push anyone into trusting in the blood of the Lord Jesus. Each person has to make his own decision to trust in the Lord's blood to do those things. And all God does is invite. He's constantly inviting. God is in the inviting business. And in, in Isaiah chapter 118, Isaiah 118, there's a great invitation. God says, come, come now. Let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and obey, rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. That's an invitation that describes what's gonna happen if they accept and what's gonna happen if they reject. Now, what does that mean when it says that their robes were made white in the blood of the land? Well, we've already looked at how the blood cleanses from sin, and this is different. We've already looked at how the blood cleanses from sin, but making robes white is different from cleansing. Cleansing from sin is where blood, the blood of the Lord, cleanses from the soiling effect of sin, the soiling effect of sin. Sin makes the soul dirty, 
That's what it does. It makes the soul dirty inside, and only the blood of the Lord Jesus can cleanse from that dirtiness of sin. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. But making robes white is different from internal cleansing, the 1 John 1, 9 cleansing, from the defilement of sin. Because when verse 14 speaks about a man's garments being made white, it is more than just cleansing from past sins. It's now speaking of having the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ incorporated into a person so that he wears the righteousness of the Lord Jesus as his own garment. When the Bible speaks of us wearing the robe, as it's called, the robe of righteousness, it's speaking of us being clothed with the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Like it says in 1 Corinthians 1.30. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness. We are in Christ Jesus, who God has made for us, for us, righteousness. Christ is made unto us righteousness. As a matter of fact, the Bible speaks about the wearing of righteousness, like the Lord Jesus, when it says in Romans 13, 14, Romans 13, 14, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, man experiences salvation when he believes. That's very clear from Acts 16, 30. One, Acts 16, 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. Man experienced salvation when he believes. But, and this is what we saw with Abraham. Abraham, in Genesis 15, 6, Genesis 15, verse 6, it says, he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Abraham believed God. He believed in the Lord and the Bible says that it was counted to Abraham for righteousness. Now the word, the Hebrew word, as we mentioned before, the Hebrew word that is behind the word counted is very important because it's the word chashav, chashav. Now chashav is the word that was used to describe what Bethlehem and Aholiab did, the two craftsmen with multi-talents, the two craftsmen who built the tabernacle. And in particular, when they were making the curtains of the tabernacle, you can go over there and see a model of it over there. When they were making the curtains for the tabernacle, they had the white linen and three colored threads, a thread of gold and a thread of blue, a thread of purple and scarlet. And they had these blue, purple, and scarlet. And then they would weave it in, as you could see over there, from, to make the cherubims. So when they did that activity, when they were weaving in those, those threads into the white linen, it's described in the Bible as chashav. They were weaving the threads into the white linen. So now this linen now has incorporated into it by weaving these colors, colored threads that they did. That's chashav. When Abraham believed God, which is what salvation is, then God wove into the fabric of Abraham's garment, chashav, his righteousness. So he, so literally you could read it like this. Abraham believed in the Lord and God wove into Abraham righteousness. It's the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. How did he do that? Don't ask me. I don't know. I'll tell you. I don't know. 
But Abraham believed God, which is salvation, and then God wove into Abraham's into Abraham God's righteousness. So in Abraham, we see salvation and righteousness, salvation and righteousness, believe, salvation and righteousness, salvation and righteousness. And that's why these two garments are always spoken together that the believer wears. First, he wears the garment of salvation, then he wears the second garment, which is called the robe of righteousness. These two garments are spoken of together in Scripture. For example, in 2 Chronicles 6.41, 2 Chronicles 6.41, Now therefore arise, O Lord God, into thy resting place, thou and the ark of thy strength. Let thy priests, O Lord, be clothed with salvation. There's the first one. Clothed with salvation, and let thy saints rejoice in goodness. Couple that together with Psalm 132.9. Psalm 132.9, again speaking about the priests, Psalm 132.9. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness and let thy saints shout for joy. You put them together, you put them together in Isaiah 61.10, Isaiah 61.10, the personal testimony of the believer, Isaiah 61.10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom. So the garment of salvation, the robe of righteousness, they're like this. They're always together. You cannot wear the garment of salvation without wearing the robe of righteousness, and you certainly cannot wear the robe of righteousness without wearing the garment of salvation. Being saved and wearing God's righteousness are always together. They're always together. Once a person is saved, he wears the robe of righteousness of the Lord Jesus. A person cannot wear the robe of the Lord's righteousness without being saved. And the righteousness of the Lord Jesus was seen on the Mount of Transfiguration. That's what the Mount of Transfiguration was all about. It was showing the righteousness on the Mount of Transfiguration when it says in Luke 9.28, Luke 9.28, it came to pass about eight days after these things, he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistening. What that was, the raiment of the Lord, it spoke of what was on the inside of the Lord. On the Mount of Transfiguration, the Lord Jesus was turned inside out, inside out. And that's what they saw, the righteousness. When a person wears the robe of the Lord's righteousness, then the devil loses his hold. He loses his power over that person. And you see that in Zechariah 3.1, Zechariah 3.1, where it says, he showed me Joshua the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, the Lord rebuke thee, O Satan, even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with the change of raiment. And that's when he got power to stand against Satan. Wearing the robe of righteousness, the Lord is, it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful that it will become the identity. It will become the identity. If you go to Orthodox Jews today, you go to Orthodox Jews today, and you ask them, what is your identity? What is your identity? They will say, my identity is one word, 
Jew. That's what they say, I am a Jew, that's my identity. That describes my community, that describes my history, that describes my heritage, that describes how I'm gonna be buried, that describes everything about me, I am a Jew. That's how they see themselves. Well, in fact, that's the name they would give to themselves, Jew. In fact, that's what they always say to me. They always say, you, you, they always say, you're a Jew. They always say to me, you are a Jew. You don't belong in a place like this. What are you doing with all those Gentiles? They say, you know, you belong with us. You know, we, 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 we look the same. We joke the same. We, anyway, um, on and on, because that's the identity. There's coming a day when the Jewish people are going to change their identity, and they're going to have a new name that they're going to be called by, and it's given to us in Jeremiah 23.6. Jeremiah 23.6. And it's going to happen after something happens. And it says what's going to happen. In, in his days, Judah shall be saved. They'll be saved. That's the change. And Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called. This is his new name. The Lord our righteousness. That's his new name. His new name's gonna be, the Lord Jesus is my righteousness. What's your identity? The Lord Jesus is my righteousness. It's no longer a Jew, but, but I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that it's no longer like I see myself as my most important identity as being the Jew. My most important identity now is the Lord, the Lord is my righteousness. The Lord Jesus is my righteousness. At that time, the Jewish people will be so happy to be wearing the robe of righteousness of the Lord Jesus that they're gonna say, the Lord's my righteousness. Now, verse 14 in Revelation, verse 14 is an amazing statement when it says that they washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. It shows the power of the blood of the lamb. And many of these people in verse 14 they, they actually, they, well, many of his people were martyrs, so they really washed their robes in their own blood, but that's not what happened when they became white. Not their own, it was not their own blood that made their garments white. It was the blood of the lamb. And, just, and also, just think back now for all the history of Israel and the millions and millions of bulls and goats that were sacrificed. It wasn't the blood of those bulls and goats that made their garments white, like it says in Hebrews 9.12, Hebrews 9.12, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit who offered himself without spot to God purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? It's only the blood of the lamb that could make the garments white. Now, the question is, well, what difference does it make? What difference does it really make for a person if they have their garments white and are wearing the blood of the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ because of his blood? And this is why the word therefore is so important in, in verse 15. It ties into verse 14. Verse 14, these are they which came out of great tribulation, washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, it says in verse 15, therefore are they before the throne of God. Because they have the robe of righteousness on, are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple, and he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. Because they have those robes of righteousness, because they've made them white in the blood of the Lamb, therefore they are before God. 
It's because they're wearing the Lord's righteousness that they're in heaven before God. This is the whole meaning behind the parable of the wedding garment as the Lord told it in Matthew 22, 9. Matthew 22, 9, when he said, go therefore into the highways and as many as you shall find bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king, king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, friend, how comest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. And then the king said to the servants, bind them hand and foot and take them away and cast them into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. If a person is not wearing the robe of righteousness of the Lord Jesus, he has no place in heaven, no place in heaven, and he is speechless with no argument as to why he should be there and not be cast into hell. The righteousness, the righteousness of the Lord Jesus is the wedding garment that makes a person accepted into, into the wedding of the church with the Lord in heaven. They are before the throne of God as a result of having washed their robes, made them white in the blood of the Lamb, which is what the, he says there before the throne of God. This was the whole purpose for why the Lord prayed this prayer in John 17, 24. John 17, 24, when he said, Father, I will also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Then they're serving God. They're serving God day and night, to be before God continually day and night. That's wonderful. They're before God day and night. You know, there's no closing time. You know, God doesn't say, I'm sorry, but the throne of God is closed right now. <laughs> Could you please come back tomorrow at opening time? <laughs> That's not going to happen. They're there day and night. They're happy from that location because they're with God. And then we see that because they've made their robes white in the blood of the lamb, that they're in his temple and they're serving him. You know, there is a happiness from the work that they're doing. Man, it's really happening when he's doing work that really matters, that really matters and has a meaningful purpose. And there's no work that matters more and has a, a more meaningful purpose than to work for God continually. And that's what they're doing. He's happiest, man is happiest when he's doing work that matters and his work is recognized. And what better recognition could there be than, oh, you did the work of God. Then we see that because they have made their garments white in the blood of the lamb, it says, he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. Shall dwell among them. You know, it's not like... Uh, you know, God has this, this, uh, you know, this throne and there's this big, huge distance between and you stay out there and I'll be over here, this big separate. He's dwelling among them. He's going among them. Man is happiest when he's in good company, when he's in fellowship, when he's talking, when he's laughing, when he's joking, when he's having deep conversation with a friend. This is really friendship with God. There's a dwelling there. There's no fellowship. There's no company that is better than that of God's. And that's what it says. And he, man yearns for this. Man yearns for a companion. There's no better companion than God himself. Man has great company when he's in constant contact with God. That's great. Man's never gonna hear this also from God. You know, I'm sorry, I just can't be with you right now. I've just got some other things to do. And then it says that here we see because they've made their robes white in the blood of the lamb, they're never gonna hunger. They're never gonna thirst anymore. 
You know, this is referring to the soul hunger. So, you know, soul thirst, that gnawing ache in the soul, that, 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 that for the ache for true fulfillment, true satisfaction. You know, that emptiness in the soul that's worse than physical hunger. Soul hunger. So they're never going to experience that. Never experience that because they made their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. And because they made their, their robes white in the blood of the Lamb, it says, neither shall the sun, verse 16, neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat, verse 16. This rep- represents protection, protection. Now, you take your minds, go back to that time when they were in the wilderness, 40 years in, in El Centro, <laughs> okay? I mean, you know, blistering heat. When the children of Israel were in the sun, or it gets really cold in the desert too, they were threatened by the sun. The sun was, could kill them. And at that time, God, he had his cloud of his presence. It was called the cloud of his presence. How wonderful is that? The cloud of his presence to protect them from the sun, and at night, the pillar of fire, keep them warm. In Exodus 13, 21, Exodus 13, 21, the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud. The Lord was in the pillar of a cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. King David, looking back on that, described it in Psalm 105, 39. Psalm 105, 39. He spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light in the night. Just imagine that. God says, you know what? My people, they need a covering. Let's see. Here, let me grab this blanket here. It's called a cloud, and I'll just spread it out over them. That's what, just imagine how that would have been, seeing that cloud of protection from the sun. That's what the children of Israel experienced for the 40 years. And now we have a very tender scene, maybe one of the most tender scenes in the Bible, in verse 17, Revelation 7, 17. Lamb, which is in the midst of them, shall feed them. He shall feed them. It's not just that they're going to find food. This is a picture of the Lord feeding them like a parent would feed a child. It's a, it's, it's a scene where the Lord delights to meet their needs, and he feeds them. And then in verse 17, it says, the Lord shall lead them. He not only feeds them, it says in verse 17, he shall lead them into fountains of water. I mean, we got in enough trouble in our lives by leading ourselves. We, we did, we, we've had enough of the Frank Sinatra routine, I did it my way. And, and, and now it's time to do it God's way. I did it my way is Isaiah 53, 6. That's a, that's a Frank Sinatra verse, Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. I did it my way. Now the Lord leads. The Lord leads. And then this is actually the most tender statement in the Bible is when it says, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. That is just amazing. It goes right along with Isaiah 25, 8. Isaiah 25, 8, where the Lord said, He will swallow up death in victory. The Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth, for the Lord has spoken it. So what we've seen now is another great achievement, another great accomplishment from the it is accomplished statement of the Lord, of the blood of the Lord Jesus. His blood has accomplished to make white robes, to dress us with his righteousness, 
opening up for us every imaginable happiness in heaven. Let's praise the Lord. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Lord, for all that the blood of the Lord accomplished for us and for giving us the robe of righteousness. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. The poor people of Loreto in Baja California have been hit hard by the COVID-19 virus shutdown, and they need food. Friendship with God is delivering food directly to their homes. Go to www.friendshipwithgod.org and look for the Loreto Need banner to donate or call 619 599 1104. God bless you.